This is the With a Dog Podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks. Essentially, life with a dog. Here we go. Happy With a Dog Wednesday. How are you doing, people with a dog? It is the birthday week. It is a couple days until my birthday, September 29th. I don't know why I'm hyping it up. I feel like I already celebrated uh, last week when I went to New Orleans. I had a great time. New Orleans was on my bucket list for a long time, and I'm I'm just so happy I was able to finally go. I saw all the things I wanted to see. I did all the things I wanted to see. Had a great time with friends. And also, um, just a plug for their tourism. If you have not been to New Orleans before, it is such an inexpensive city. For for a major city, like for like a main city in the U.S., we got multiple rounds of drinks. Like I think for all four of us, it was like 35 bucks or something for like a an alcoholic drink, which some people are like, Carly, that's a little high. But no, like with inflation, with being in a main city and the cost. I feel like I go out and cocktails are like 15 bucks or something lately, at least in Seattle and some of the other places we've gone lately. So and that's just the drinks. Like I felt like our Airbnb was pretty affordable and it was very nice. The food was pretty affordable for some actual like bomb food. So anyway, if you're looking for somewhere to go, Highly recommend New Orleans. Um, Never once did I feel like unsafe there or anything. Like I think that some people kind of have that rumor about New Orleans that, you know, there's been a lot of like thefts and, and murders and stuff. And for me, like it was just all like tourism felt really safe. I'm not going to say everything like the streets were like super clean or anything like that. It was definitely felt like an urban city in some areas, but it was awesome. It was such a good visit. It was such a cool city. You know, my favorite thing about it too, and I learned this, you know, on one of our free walking tours, like the nerds we are. One of the things I noticed, and it was like my favorite part of the trip, was that it didn't feel like we were in America. Um, <laughs> and not to say that being in the U.S. would have been a bad thing. Like it's obviously an American city, like it's part of the United States. But it felt like we were almost like in the Caribbean. With the neighborhood we stayed in, the plants there and everything, like it was just humid. We got these beautiful, bright colored houses, like like tropical trees everywhere. Like it felt very tropical is what I should say. And I think that's because, as I learned on my my walking tour, is that it was owned by like French and Spanish, like France and Spain back in the day. And so the architecture and just a lot of the influence, plus, of course, all of the... West African and Haitian people that were there as well. It just it it was like such a blend of cultures that I don't think was quite is quite the same anywhere else. I'm not going to say that experience doesn't exist anywhere else in the U.S., but for me, it really just felt like we got out of the country. It felt like something completely different than what I was used to. And I loved that. Anyway, so that's my little advertisement for New Orleans, basically. Uh, You know, of course, I think everyone thinks of the city as like, go there and and drink and Mardi Gras and have good food. And we definitely did that. But we just had like a flat out like good time just like wandering the city. Birthday success, definitely. I think this weekend, my actual birthday, going to keep it pretty chill. 
We're we're pretty busy for the next few weekends, so probably just going to go out to dinner with Dog Zaddy. Um, he doesn't eat seafood, but every birthday, <laughs> every birthday, I make him go out for seafood with me, so he gets like the bread and butter, and I just sit there eating oysters. <laughs> so that's probably what we're going to do this weekend. That's my little birthday note. But on to today's episode. This is just like a fun, light chill episode. I just wanted to do like a little solo ep, I guess. And I just didn't want it to be that serious for my birthday because, you know, when it's when it's my birthday week and if I have a guest on, you know, I'm very focused on, okay, I want to advertise the episode. I want to do right by this guest who spent their time with me. I didn't want to have to do that this week. So it's all about me. Thank you everyone who sent your questions in for the Q&A. I posted this on my Instagram. So if you don't follow the With a Dog podcast Instagram or my Carly with a Dog Instagram. Go follow those because I posted this on the stories where people could ask a question either through like the story box or anonymously. So thank you everyone who gave me a question. And these are in no specific order. It's just going to be a fun little Q&A. Let's get into it. All right. Number one, are you falling back in love with Seattle at all? Okay. Uh, yes. The answer is yes. I And if you guys don't know, I kind of been shitting on Seattle for the last few years. It's it's almost like a 80-90% as far as enjoyment. I don't think it can ever get to 100, honestly. It is such a cool city. It's obviously like, I mean, the mountains, the location, it's a main city. You know, we can fly anywhere from here. Dog Zaddy's family is here. We have this wonderful house that I absolutely love, great neighborhood, great food. Like there's really not much to complain about. And as much as I complain about the people here, I think I've mentioned this maybe in like a Friends with a Dog episode. So that's the exclusive podcast. Um, It's almost like a little bit more of like a Nordic culture in that people don't go out of their way to, I don't want to say be friendly. Like everyone's very polite and very civil to each other, but people don't, like you don't bother each other. You're not going to be saying hi when you pass someone on the sidewalk. Like, both, let's say both of you are walking your dogs. You might give them a little smile, but you're not, like, stopping to chat. You're not waving to anyone standing on their front porch as you walk through the neighborhood. You're not making a ton of conversation with the cashiers or anything like that. And so it's not an unfriendly city, but it's it's more like Nordic culture. Like, you're not going to be going out of your way to be friendly, I guess. Anyway. I, I shit on the people for that kind of. I'm like, oh, everyone's just introverted and slightly depressed. And I say that as someone who is a bit introverted and slightly has seasonal depression as well. So so I think it's more just that I would thrive a little bit more in a culture that was more social. Like because I am that introverted, depressed person, I need to live somewhere where it's very easy for me to come out of my shell. And I felt like I had that in London. So that was a very roundabout way of saying, yes, we're exploring more places to eat and cocktails and just things to do around the city. We started going to different parks because Dog Zaddy and I started running because we're doing a half marathon in March. We feel a little bit more like it feels like home now. So to answer the question, yes, I'm actually coming around to really enjoying Seattle. I can't necessarily see myself living here forever, though. That's probably the one caveat I would say is that I can't see myself living here forever. 
I don't feel like fully at home here in that I'm like, oh my God, yes, let's live here for 40 years and, you know, have kids and live and die in this house. And like, I don't feel like that here. Um, And I also, it's quite an expensive city. Sometimes I, I do have that twinge of, of like, is it worth what we're paying for? I felt like it was worth it in London. I felt like the the access that I had, not only to travel throughout Europe easily, how dog friendly it was, you know, just the, the culture of the city itself. I felt like it was worth it for that expense. Here, I, I don't personally, I don't feel that. And I think it would be worth it if you were someone who loved hiking or sailing or camping or whatever, because that is like, this is the place to be for that. Um, yeah. So I think that that's my only, I don't know if I could see myself here forever, but like another five, seven years even maybe. Yeah. Long answer for that first one. But yes, I am actually enjoying it. I don't think I'm going to continue shitting on Seattle like I have been the last few years. I, I really do think it was pandemic that was um not, not treating me well. Okay. Next question. How's the Libra villain era going? Oh, what a great question. I'm so happy you asked. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, I am a Libra. That is the astrology sign for a birthday, kind of like late September to mid-October. And I I make a lot of jokes that Libra, like I embody a Libra very much so. I very much resonate with most things that are said about the Libra sign. And what's happening right now, apparently, in astrology, according to random TikToks I've come across, is that Libra's North Node or something like that is in Aries, which is like the opposite, which is more of a fiery sign. Anyway, so people are saying Libras are in their villain era right now. Like we are, we are fiery, we are chaotic, which is not something that we usually are, that Libras usually are. Usually we're like, everything is pretty and like we're like the fairy in the woods kind of vibe. And lately we're like more the the devil on your shoulder, I guess, would be a better example. And I'm feeling it, guys. I've I've alluded to it in the Friends with a Dog episodes, but I am I am villainous. I love it, honestly. I, I love being <laughs> and maybe I'm just saw this one TikTok and I was like, great, here's your excuse to be a bitch, Carly. But I'm I'm doing it. Let's just say I'm doing it. Uh, not like rude, not mean to anyone, but I'm just, I have a lot less patience for anyone I've noticed lately. I'm not willing to like bend over backwards to help people anymore. I, I'm just very deliberate lately. I'm very to the point, very protective about my time, my thoughts, things like that lately. I think the podcast has benefited from it. I think getting some projects around the house done has benefited from it. And kind of like my own peace of mind, too. It's I'm just a little bit more, as I said, yeah, efficient, deliberate. I'm not explaining myself. That's another that's actually a big thing. Or here's an example. Uh, Maybe a friend calls me. Usually I'll see the call if I missed it or something. Usually if I see it, I'll pick it up no matter what I'm doing. Or I would call them right back. Lately, I've been doing the like, I'm busy right now. Call you tomorrow. And I know that sounds like a really subtle shift, but it's being protective of my time. I'm pretty, I think it's like selfish a little bit to a certain extent in comparison to how I usually am. I don't think it's selfish just like in general, you know, and I don't explain myself. I don't say like, hey, sorry, I'm recording an episode. Can I call you tomorrow? It's like, sorry, I'm busy. I'll call you tomorrow. 
Or if someone asks something of me, I don't explain myself lately. I'm not like, oh, hey, I was doing this or I can't because of this. I say, sorry, I can't. Um, And who knows? Maybe that's a maturity thing. And maybe I'll be like this, you know, forever. But let's say we'll attribute it to the villain era. So I've been definitely a little bit more spicy lately, a little bit more. I I guess the best words I am I can use is deliberate, efficient, self-centered and unapologetic. That's the those are the main the main focuses. And I've really noticed it. I, I really have, honestly. And I've loved it. So yeah, villain era is going great. If I think of more examples, I'll I'll toss them on in future episodes, but going strong so far. Okay, favorite current celeb gossip and or conspiracy theory about like celebrity stuff. Okay. Um celebrity gossip, I mean this is like obvious that, like it's it is the celebrity gossip right now is the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey thing. Here's my hot take on it, though. I don't like it. I <laughs> I think the reason I mean, I think Taylor Swift is great. She can do what she wants. And like, I'm not it's not an opinion on her necessarily. It's that every time I've come across Travis Kelsey pre Taylor pre like because I think the Chiefs won the Super Bowl in the past or at least they made it to the championship or whatever, like Every interview I've seen in the past is that he kind of comes off as an asshole, like just kind of an egotistical, I am amazing asshole. And so that was my opinion on him. And honestly, Dog Zaddy had the same opinion. Great athlete, great player. But we both like I remember watching things and we were both kind of like, ew, he just came across not well, I guess, in those interactions that I had seen them on him on. But maybe the rest of the world knows something different. Like maybe they I think he has like a podcast or something. Maybe they listen to his podcast and he comes off as a as a good guy. Um, so I guess for me, when I first heard that they were dating or like seeing each other, or whatever, I was kind of like, eh, really? I don't know. He he seemed like a douchey football player to me. But also live your life, Taylor. I do love she's I saw a TikTok. She's able to be small girl like I because I think she's like 5'10 or something. And she's able to, you know, this guy's big. So it's like, yeah, you get to be like cute, small girly with him. And I love that for you, Taylor. So uh, that's my favorite gossip right now. Just kind of watching that unfold, I think. Just Taylor in her hoe phase. I say that with, with love and respect. But she just, there's so many rumors about what guys she's with and not with. She's killing it on her tour. So I've been I've had a lot of fun watching all of that unfold. Um, conspiracy theory. I don't think I have any celebrity conspiracy theories. I'm sorry to disappoint. I don't. There's some stuff that maybe seems off, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, sorry to dis- disappoint, but no, no conspiracy theories come to mind. Okay, next question. Oh, perfect. On on topic. Favorite. Taylor Swift album that is Midnight's so the most recent one and her first one I don't know why I loved Midnight's like something about that album just every single song loved it it hit the right note I felt like she embodied the most like mature authentic that she could be in that oh here's kind of a conspiracy theory I'm fairly certain that Taylor Swift um 
had broken up with Joe a while ago and then how it all unfolded was all a PR plan. Because in the Midnight's album, I felt like there were a lot of songs that were about the breakup with Joe. And um, yeah, I loved Midnight's. And then the first one, very first album, I saw that in concert when I was like 16 because I have been a fan of hers for that long. And she was also like 17 or something. She was opening for Brad Paisley. So this is back when she was still country artist. That album is more about nostalgia. And sitting in my car when I was like a teenager and being like, teardrops on my guitar and the the whole thing. So those are my favorite. That was a good question. Thank you. Next question. Okay, so these ones, these next ones seem a little bit more podcast related. Ooh, someone's looking for the tea. Okay, favorite guest I've ever had on. Oh, man. I mean, guys, it's been like we're nearing 160 episodes. So even though a few of those are solo or they're ones with Charlotte and Ashley, I've had a lot of guests on. Like I've probably had like at least 70 people. That would be fun actually to go through and see how many I've I've talked to through the years. I'm not going to say anyone specific, but I am going to say a lot of times the people who are Libras as well. I end up jiving with a lot. Like you can just tell it in our interviews where we're just, the whole experience is fun. This is a common thread I found throughout my life in general is that other Libras, I'm not going to say they're all my best friends, but they're people where I'm just like, we immediately click. It's, It's weird. There's tons of examples like throughout my life. You know, it's like a doctor I end up really jiving with or something and really liking. They end up being a Libra. You know, the tour guide in New Orleans, his birthday is the day before mine. We were like, we were talking, we were chatting, we were having a great tour, like had a great time with him. And I was like, this guy's awesome. Yes, he ended up being a Libra. You know, just so it's little things like that. And that also applies to guests. For whatever reason, usually the Libras and I jive. And I love that. So I think those are some of my favorites. And then of course, Charlotte and Ashley, because they were guests at one point, and then they became occasional co-hosts. To me, it's all about an interview experience. Whether the episode itself ends up being amazing or not, but for me, connecting with that person, that whole experience, if it's good and if they are excited to be there, and if they're asking me questions back, all of that, it just it makes me so happy to have connected with them. And because of it, oftentimes the episode, the interview itself ends up being really, really good, ends up turning out like a great episode for you guys. That was good. That was a good question. I'm happy someone was looking for the tea. Um, Oh, here's here's even more tea. You keep mentioning you don't have a co-host. Can Charlotte and Ashley be permanent co-hosts? So the answer to that is yes and also no. And also, yes, the magic, I think, between Charlotte, Ashley and I is that between the three of us, our personalities mesh so well. I don't think it would be the same if it was just two of us. Like if it was just me and Ashley week in and week out being co-hosts, it would be we we would have a hard time keeping the energy level up on the recording and like keeping it entertaining and talkative. Because as you guys know, sometimes she's not very talkative. 
if it was just Charlotte and I, we would end up going on tangents, not staying focused. Our recordings would be three hours long. So it, it's kind of like the magic between the three of us, like our three personalities. So that would require a triple co-host situation. I guess it's just it starts to get more complicated. Ashley already has a full-time job. Um, I think Charlotte would do it in a heartbeat. I have I have discussed it with them. I shouldn't say I think. I have discussed it with them, but it wasn't going to pan out with our time differences, living everywhere, the social media aspect, of course, for Ashley. It just it started looking like more work than than maybe all three of us wanted to do. And so we realized we have a really good thing going right now. They're occasional co-hosts. They come on when we do want to have like a three-person thing. So not have a guest on and just have like a fun dog mom chat with three different perspectives. And then when it's, you know, when it's not that type of episode, when it's a guest, then I interview them. I would be open to having a guest interview every once in a while, like Charlotte did that last year with the brand My Dog Needs a Dad. Like Charlotte was kind of the guest host and and she was the one who did the interview. So I'd be open to to more of that for sure. And of course, Ashley did the branding on the recent podcast stuff. So they are both very heavily involved still. And I think we all like the current balance that it is. So thank you for asking that question. That, that was very insightful because there has been stuff behind the scenes that we've been looking into together. But at the moment, I think having them just the as occasional co-hosts works quite well. Okay, next question. What dog mom phase are you in now? Oh, good question, guys. We I could probably talk about this a little too long. So let me try to keep this a bit more succinct. Dog mom phase, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is an episode I did a year ago. I should link it actually in the show notes. It's a year ago in last September. It was like my last birthday episode. And it was um, like podcast realizations and dog mom phases or something. And I said I was in phase three, which I was kind of having, I had felt a little flatlined with dog mom life. I, I wasn't disliking it, but I was kind of just like, mm, I'm used to everything. There wasn't anything kind of new, but the dogs were annoying me a little bit. And it was it was like this weird new phase that I was in because I had gotten past that, oh, everything is a new phase, which was kind of dog mom phase one. And then phase two was like, everything's great. We're going along swimmingly. We understand each other, like you and the dog. Everyone understands each other and you're obsessed with each other, too. You're that's it. Phase two is like when you have matching raincoats. And then phase three was kind of like, okay, we've we've gotten past the phase two a little bit. So that was three. Four, I guess, is what we're in now. Four has for me has been almost kind of like going back to phase one, but it's not new. I don't know how to explain it. It's um I actually mentioned this. I think it was maybe it was a friends with a dog episode. I'm not quite sure, but I've been taking Loopy, so that's my senior dog who's 12-ish, taking him at face value lately because he's had a lot of behavioral and medical changes as he's gotten older, which now that I think about it, I should have a separate episode purely on that, you know, like a little update in case it's potentially helpful for anyone else who has a senior dog going through the same thing. But I've been almost pretending like he is a new dog. 
to me. Like he is a new adoption, a new, like a foster dog, that kind of thing. So not to say that I'm not significantly emotionally tied to him still, but as far as my care of him, I've really had to take a step back and just look at him as a dog, like pretend that he's new to me and see what his needs are from there. That was kind of hard. That realization was harder to come to because it's like he's my boy. He's my dog. Like, as anyone in phase, you know, like two or three could tell you, like, you know, this dog inside out. I know his likes. I know his dislikes. I know his food allergies. I know how he likes affection. Honestly, a lot of those likes and dislikes of his have changed now that he's gotten older. And so, I would say that is kind of phase four is just almost like taking a step back, still being so in love with your dog, of course, but taking a moment to be like, okay, we're in a different phase of life together now. And what does that mean for both of us? And for me, it meant taking him more at a face value of what he can and can't do and what he likes and dislikes. So yeah, so I think that's that would be phase four for me. I need to flush that out a little bit more, come up with a little bit better of a definition. I think that what goes hand in hand with that also is that we have another dog, Albus, who is, as usual, the most perfect angel boy. I've almost become a little bit closer to him. I'm in like phase two with him right now. Like I am just, we're obsessed with each other. We want to do things together. And and yeah, and I'm almost like phase four with Loopy. So it it is an interesting dichotomy of how my relationship with both of them is different. That being said, what has especially helped it not be like a this is my favorite dog or or only enjoyable experience with Albie and then more distant with Lupin is that Albie goes to work with Dog Zad once or twice a week. And that has helped loopy and i's relationship so much of we just have that time to bond it's just us two and i've been really really enjoying it so when you hear me say like phase two with albie and treating loopy different it's not a difference in love at all um it's just a different type of relationship i think with both of them but what brings me back to the phase two with loopy is having that one-on-one time with him Hopefully that wasn't too confusing for everyone. Go listen to the episode if you haven't or do a little refresher if you haven't listened to it in over a year. But yeah, that great question. Thank you. I think I think that's what I'm looking at for phase four personally. Okay, next question. Would you get a photo se- session done with Loopy? Why and how to choose a photographer? Uh, quick answer. Yes, of course. I've gotten many professional photo sessions done with Lupin, actually. Uh, When we were in London, we have some cool photos of us like getting on and off the tube and on and off trains and um, just going around the city itself, you know, in front of Buckingham Palace, in Chelsea, like with all the different colored houses, Chelsea and like Notting Hill and things like that. And of course, like in Hampstead Heath. So short answer, yes, would definitely get a photo session done long answer, I have not gotten one done since London, like since we left. And that's been something that's actually been in the back of my mind really bothering me because I haven't gotten one at all with Albus. I just, it breaks my heart because Albie also deserves his own little photography moment with the family and to to be commemorated as well. Granted, we got Albie, you know, in May of 2020. So 
We were kind of in a haze of pandemic for about two years. But this last year, it's been on my mind. My throat's going out. I've been talking way too much, apparently. Thank you, everyone, for just listening this long. I feel like I've been talking consistently and there's been no breaks. So thank you very much. I am actually getting a photographer or a mini photo session done in October with the whole family. So the two boys, me and dog Zaddy. I'm very excited for that. I'm very excited to get some refreshed pictures of Loopy with his old gray face. Um, Some new ones of Mike and I because Lord knows we look different after going through (laughs) pandemic weight gain and (laughs) our new Pacific Northwest fashion, i.e. Costco raincoats and jeans. Um, So it's not going to be our cool London fashion in these photos. I'm really excited to get some professional photos of Albus, too. How would I choose a photographer? Um, My personal preference, definitely get a dog photographer. And I like ones that look timeless. I think certain photography trends go in and out of style. You know, there's some that look a little bit more earthy. And I, I don't know what a different word than earthy would be. But just like kind of like that hikey like nature kind of like tone to it. And then there's others that are, you know, like in front of a backdrop, like a colored backdrop, and it's like inside or something. I like the ones that's just like the family in the park. You know, it's it's kind of just timeless, good crisp photography. And I would just Google, you know, I would just Google. Mine was the one I have done in October, actually. Um, Josephine of Sadie Lady the Coonhound on Instagram, her mom, Sadie's mom sent it to me and was like, hey, this person's doing many photo sessions. And I was like, done. And I, I liked the style. It looked really nice. And I would definitely get a dog photographer. I think doing a mini session, your dog doesn't get tired of the whole thing. And then the photographer also knows how to work with animals, whether it's like a treat bag behind the camera or a squeaky toy or having the right lens to, to get photos of the dogs running or, or whatever. I think they set up and they're, if you get an established dog photographer, established as in they've been doing it for a little bit. They know the ins and outs. They know what works best. They've worked with a wide variety of dogs. Someone like that is probably going to be your best bet for some solid photos. And I love a mini session too, going for hours on end. You could definitely tell by the end Lupin was like, I'm done with this. That's what I've done in the past. So I think a mini one with the four of us, great. And then try to do those because hopefully the mini sessions are a little bit less expensive. Try to do those a little bit more often, like once a year or so. Good question. That was good. That was a unique one. Okay. Favorite dog memory with the family dog or favorite memory with the family dog. Okay. So my family dog, his name was Ditto. He was a black standard poodle. He was named Ditto because we had a black standard poodle before him who was named Yubi, which was the funniest name that my parents came up with. So that was like their dog, like when they were in their 20s, they, they had Yubi. And then I think we got Ditto when I was around 11. And we hadn't had a, a dog for like the five years or so before that. So Ditto, Black Standard Poodle, he was just the best dog. He had such a great personality. And I think he is actually why I prefer independent dogs and why I don't like dogs that are super clingy or overly affectionate usually 
he had his he definitely had his own sense of like agency and personality. He would sleep on the end of our bed occasionally, but it wasn't like I need to be near you. I love you so much. It was like, okay, I'll do you a favor and sleep with you tonight. And he would always try to sneak out of the house. And it was like the funniest thing to see him sneak out because he would like hug the wall. He would hug the house and crawl behind the bushes. And and we'd be like on the street playing or something as kids. And he would like sneak out and go wander around the neighborhood. Um, but my favorite memory is probably this one time my sister and I put him in a jean jacket and it was way too tight on him. It was like one of our jean jackets. It was too tight on him. And he was sitting there with his little like jean jean legs uh, through the front, front legs and his collar was popped. And he was just looking at us like, I hate you so much. <laughs> this is what I mean by he was the best dog, but he still had a strong sense of self in that he totally went along with most of the things that Casey and I, my sister and I, wanted him to do. And but you could see it in his eyes where he was like, all right, you've got two minutes left of me and then I'm out here. And <laughs> and so he was just so like tolerant of us, but also not in the way of like, I love being here. This is so amazing. Not in that like dumb, like Labrador, you know, golden retriever kind of way. He, he definitely like he was kind of stoic about it. He's like, all right, I'll let you guys do this. but. I'm not going to like it. And you owe me one. And I think that was probably my favorite thing because I looked at him. We like both were so proud of like wrangling him into this jean, jean jacket. And you could just I sat back and looked at him and I was like, oh, he hates it. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything obvious to show that he hated it. He, he was sitting there very stoically. But it's like, oh, God, get it off him. Get it off him. We're so terrible. Uh, and we were probably like, I don't know, like 13 and nine at that point. So it was aware enough to be like, oh, the dog doesn't like this, but also maybe not mature enough to not even have attempted it in the first place. So that's, yeah, that's my probably favorite dog memory with Ditto, or just that's the one that comes to mind. But there were so many. I mean, he, my parents let him like grow his hair out to be pretty long, not like matted, but just pretty long. And so he would look almost more like a sheepdog sometimes. And his little like crimp, like when it grew out, his hair looked crimped. One time, or I think a couple times, we like bleached a little mohawk onto his, on the like the the top of his head. And he looked so cute. Anyway, yeah, he was a great dog. Okay, last question here. Thank you guys for sticking with me this whole time. What is your dog mom hot take was this is the question someone sent in dog mom hot take you know what this is this is my hot take and this goes into me being a low effort high impact dog mom if you haven't listened to that episode I think it was also this like last winter low effort high impact dog mom it's not that serious that's my hot take Dog mom life, having a dog, all of the things, it's not that serious. I say this as someone with a dog podcast, as someone who just said, like, I had matching raincoats with Lupin and I, you know, had so many professional photos of him and like all this. He has so many allergies and we have to do all this stuff for him. So as someone who says all that, 
I'm going to say it's not that serious. Honestly, like having a dog, buying a ton of shit for them, all of the stuff that you hear, like you should feed raw, you should not feed kibble, you should give them supplements. No, you shouldn't. You know, you need to do dog sports. All the things. There's so many different facets of having a dog and dog parent life. And there's so many different facets to every dog's personality as well. And you spend a lifetime getting to know them, which is amazing. But then we start to overthink it. I think that's when we start to, you know, maybe buy into the consumerism of all of it and buy a few too many harnesses and leashes, a few too many treats and chews and toys, especially. We also start to buy into the dog mom guilt of, oh, I'm not doing enough with them. And, you know, those people go hiking every weekend with their dog. And then my dog just goes to the dog park while I stand there with my coffee. And you start feeling guilty about things. And then we also buy into the overthinking of worrying about our dogs, not just the guilt, but we start worrying about them. Are we doing right by them? Are we giving them the best food possible. You start worrying like, is their bed comfortable enough? Is the harness rubbing under their arms? You know, when they shake their head, oh my God, do they have an ear infection? We start to overthink a lot of their behaviors and a lot of aspects of their personality. And so I guess my hot take is just like, it's not that serious. If it's serious, you'll know it. And until then, it's not that serious. I, I think I could probably do a whole episode on that, examples on it. Maybe Charlotte, Ashley, and I can do one where we talk about aspects of dog parent life where we take it a little too seriously. But as I said, there's so many facets of, of having a dog and that's wonderful. Like it's so cool to get into that kind of thing and to, you know, sometimes go down the rabbit hole of dog sports or, oh, it, wouldn't it be so cool if we got my dog this new medal? Or, oh my gosh, there's a new Harry Potter toy out. We have to buy it for Albie. I think for me, my take on it and my superpower as a dog mom, I think, is knowing that it's not that serious. Sometimes if the dogs do something weird, I literally brush it off. I'm just like, eh, if they do it again, if they do it, you know, if it becomes a repeated issue, then then I'll take notice. But until then, it's not that serious. All right. I think I'm going to end on that note, you guys. Thank you so much for doing this fun little birthday episode with me. Thank you for sending in the questions. I really enjoyed a lot of them. So thank you, everyone who participated in that. If you want me to do another episode like this, like if you have questions, if you missed my little Instagram stories asking for the questions, if you have questions, send them in to me and I can compile them and do another episode, you know, sometime in the future. But I will see you next Wednesday. It'll be a episode with Charlotte Ashley and I. Make sure you leave a review for the podcast. Please don't judge it on just this episode. Um, listen to some other fun guests that I've had on. <laughs> it's not always just my voice if you're new to the podcast. But leave a review if you haven't. I would love a five-star review. Please give me a follow on Instagram. It's at with a dog podcast. My personal is at Carly with a dog. And also on TikTok, it's at Carly with a dog as well. I will see you next time. Bye.
All content on the With A Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.